Yo, bringing you this podcast today are Rugby for Heroes, an organisation who organise fundraising events to raise money for military charities. The organisation is uh, made up of people of the Old Lemontonians Rugby Football Club in Leamington Spa, beautiful Warwickshire, keen rugby players, beer drinkers, and uh, obviously keen fundraisers. Uh, they hold um, one or two events a year, and since their inception in uh, 2009, they've raised over £100,000. The birth of the organisation came, unfortunately, after the death of Private Joe Whitaker, who was killed in Afghanistan fighting with the parachute regiment out there against the Taliban. Um, and the last event was the Beer Engine Festival and a, a veterans rugby match, which was hosted at Old Lemontonians in, uh, back in May, raised a shed load of money for the 353 Trust and Team Rubicon UK. And the next event is on the 27th of September. Not October, like I've been saying, because my head's been up my arse on previous podcasts. 27th September, that is going to be a, uh, a ticketed dinner. I believe it's sold out now, but uh, then there's going to be another one in March. Hopefully you get an invite. You may get an invite. If not, you can go to rugbyforheroes.org. So rugbyforheroes.org or rugby number four heroes on social media and um, follow the organisation. There are events done where people can come along and be a part of it. There are always podcast guests there. Michael Valance, one of the guys who heads up Rugby for Heroes, is himself a podcast guest and you get to mingle with some amazing people for an amazing cause. Thank you to them. Also, bringing this podcast to you today are... Westway Nissan. Westway Nissan, the MD is uh, ex-military and uh, one of his sons was unfortunately uh, killed in Afghanistan as he was also military and serving with 3 Para in 2011 in Helmand province. Uh, so Westway Nissan have very, very strong ties to the military and that is one of the main reasons they give up to a 20% discount off purchases of vehicles from them. Westway do private and commercial type vehicles. They also do Lease hire, apart from purchase, you can go and lease a vehicle from Westway. They have got exclusive deals with Nissan, whereby you can only get certain models of Nissan from Westway. You can't get them from any other dealership. If you want to go along to Westway and see what they got going on, they've always got deals on, as well as their 20% off for veterans and service personnel. They've always got other deals on, other promotions on, you need to go and take a look at. Westway Nissan on social media, westwaynissan.co.uk. But get yourself into the deal- into a dealership. They're all over the UK, and that's the best way to do it. Cracking place to go. Cracking organisation. Thank you very much for enabling this podcast. Lastly, bringing the podcast to you today are a disaster response charity formed predominantly of ex-military volunteers called Team Rubicon UK. Team Rubicon UK's volunteers are referred to as grey shirts. They're referred to as grey shirts because of the distinctive t-shirts and shirts that they wear as a sort of uniform when they are deployed on disaster response operations, both in the UK and overseas. The volunteers are predominantly ex-military, not exclusively. There are civilians as well. They have a very broad range of skills and experience. People from all types of backgrounds and do all types of jobs and volunteer with Team Gone UK in their spare time. Team Rubicon UK most recently deployed uh, into the north of England to assist um, communities there who had been significantly impacted by severe flooding. And the most recent international deployment was to Mozambique uh, to um, assist the east coast of Africa, specifically Mozambique, um, in the recovering from the impact of Cyclone Edai, 
which was a, a huge cyclone, tore into the east coast of Africa and, and, and created inland biblical type flooding. It was just it was unbelievable, unbelievable mess. I, I deployed myself. I was very lucky to go and be able to assist those people. Um, Team Rubicon UK are one of the most amazing organisations that ever come across and I'm privileged to be a part of. Several of the podcast guests are Team Rubicon UK members. In fact, the CEO has been on the podcast. His name is Richard Sharp, so look him up on one of the episodes and, and you get to know what it's all about. He also appeared on uh, uh, Sinita's Guild podcast, uh, UI Reaction, so get, listen to that and you get a feel of the kind of guy he is and the kind of organisation he is. They can only go on as long as their funding allows. They don't get government funding. So if you'd like to donate or even sign up, you can go to teamrubiconuk.org or you can follow Team Rubicon UK on all the social media platforms. Finally, uh, Nico, my good friend Nico will join. He used to serve at 3Para uh, with the British Army. He's a South African lad and he unfortunately has got a, a rare form of skin cancer. Um, there's a crowdfunding page being set up to support his, uh, the, support financing his is uh, medical needs, which are going to cost a minimum, I think, of a, of a million rand, um, which is not an insignificant sum of money. <clears throat> the reason it's costing that is because the place where uh, the most likely, the, the treatment that can give them the most likely chance of survival is is in Israel. It's in Sheba Medical Center in Israel. And getting there and back regularly for the treatments to try and help Nikos uh, get through the cancer and survive um, is a, an expensive um, outlay. For him and his family and his kids, so his uh, his fiance Tracy has set up a fundraising page. If you got, it's quite a lengthy. It's a quite a lengthy website name. So what I've done is I've set up charliecharlie1.com forward slash nico nico, and that will redirect you automatically to Nico's fundraising page. In addition to that, all of the t-shirt sales at the minute on on our on on the podcast merchandise shop, which is charliecharlie1.com, just hitting the shop button when you go on in the menu. All of the all of the profits from all the t-shirt sales go towards um, Nico's fund. So um, cheesy today's guest, Michael Royal, also known as Cheesy, he's wearing a a combi teeth t-shirt that he purchased from the shop, and the money that the profit from that t-shirt is going will go to uh, Nico's fund. So buy a t-shirt if you want to help support Nico. But more importantly, and the preferential option is just go to charliecharlie1.com forward slash Nico and donate directly to his fund. Thank you for listening to that. Thank you for those people supporting and please help Nico if you can. On to my guest today. Second time on the podcast. Very, very good friend of mine. Always a pleasure to talk to him. An absolute fucking lunatic. Michael Royal. Drink. Yeah, some water. There might be a trough around somewhere. Oh, right. Run. No worries about what potable about? water here. About what? Potable water. Potable. Potable. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Potable your um, your bottle, mate. Oh, that's what you're on about. I see the where you're on about tree yeah, felling yeah. now. Yeah. So there. I don't know if they're clearing anywhere else, but I see it's all been planted for. That's what it is. Industry, right. anyway. But that, they live ne- next to that woodland. Um, so, last time we did the podcast. Was the last time you were here? Yeah, but you were also an a alcohol drinking vegetarian. 
Well, yeah, I said no. vegetarian. I said vegetarian because it was just easier to say vegetarian. I've been saying vegetarian for the what? For vegan. You weren't vegan then, you? No, yeah, I was. You drinking alcohol? Yeah, well, it depends. Certain types of alcohol are. You drinking ale, mate? At the party? Oh, yeah, I was. I was just <laughs> mashed. <laughs> right, yeah, at the party, I also got naked and ran around the rugby pitch, so it doesn't. <laughs> but when was that? November. Yeah, well, we did, so we did. The, I think we did the podcast in uh, October, September, October. September, October. Yeah. And then we had the HR party, and then yeah. um, I was at Scotland before then. Yeah, so what have you been doing since? So after the podcast. Well, during the podcast, I was up in Scotland for like seven weeks, um, just chilling out at that. Well, chilling out, helping out at Horseback UK. So I went over there to do some work. Last time. I need to get in touch with them. Yeah, go on. Doing some work with them. Um, but with the do? weather conditions what do they do Horseback UK uh, it's like a veterans rehab centre so it's like a step to recovery it's not the cure yeah but whether you've been injured physically in on tour or even just through your service I think I, I, I'm not sure if you have to be on the whiz system for it you got your phone on yet no I don't have time for right I'll do it um, not sure if you have to be on the whiz system to go to uh, horseback but um Due to funding recently that have been cut through various other charities that used to support them, they've had to diversify and they're, they're doing um, disengaged children now and yeah. ex-rugby players. I know a lot of uh, ex-Scottish rugby players go For there. That? Just through the, like dealing with various different mental ailments, mm. so whether that's anxiety or whatever. Um, they just go to the court, they go to the horseback and they do different courses on, might be confidence building, communication, whatever. Because it's all equine therapy. That's basically what they do, equine therapy. I wonder what it's like when you go on the sports thing. Like, like, say you're a professional rugby player. You get into that as a kid, like most people do. Not professional. Well, you, you listen to the... Um, so you go to school, you go to college. Maybe you got, you listen you to Tyson's, uh, Tyson's, Mike Tyson's podcast. With who? Joe Rogan. Yeah. And he talks about how when he was a kid, he was just conditioned to be this machine. Yeah, but different though. Yeah, you're I know, it's different, but you're... Yeah, all right, but <laughs> you're playing rugby professionally you're just in that constantly and you come out of that I suppose it is like coming out of the military where you're sort of conditioned into that you get injured and that's your yeah. career over <clears throat> you don't know anything else just a transition thing so they started doing that but anyway I went up to help and just do some work so I was helping clear out just the stables and doing field work they had um, six ra- eight retired racehorses up there and they were retraining the racehorses to do this therapy work because everyone's saying oh racehorses are mental yeah, mental, yeah like your face says it all but <laughs> They don't, these horses, they've all just kept in stables. They don't go out in a field. They don't mix with a herd. And they were out there. I was there for like the seven weeks and you could see the change in their personalities. Because they were... Because they were, because of the way, the way they were being treated. They weren't just going out, getting exercise, getting run, and then going back in and getting fed and doing the same thing. They were being interacted with. They were doing a lot of lead work. And I don't think they got to round pen stuff yet, but uh, Jock Hutchinson, he was using his quarter horses. He's the owner, isn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah. One, it was him and his wife, they run it. Yeah. Um, <coughs> and then there's uh, an ex-bootneck up there as well, Jay Hare, I think he's operations manager, who just got accepted into some equestrian guild in London on either. Um But with his horses that he trains, uh, Gus is his main horse that he uses it and was using it at the time. And what he can do with that horse is amazing. And he's basically using him, that horse, to train the other horses. But yeah. he put Gus in with these um, Fuller, Fuller Reds racehorses. They all thought they were top bollocks. And uh, Gus just sort of kicked him into touch. And he's like, no, I'm, 
top doggy. Mm. And they their behaviour levels just come down massively. What breed is Gus? He's quarter horse. Quarter horse. Sorry, yeah, he did say. Um, they got a variety. They got some um, cobs and other varying horses, but mostly they've got quarter horses there. Be interesting to see how they like. Just you know, you. I think I know more about flipping African animals about the way they interact in herds and that. And packs. Well, I've I never what horses do. You know, like how how the how the the societal oh you got like, you got the works. is it do you have like a is there a top bloke yeah, or is it always yeah. a top lady? So or? you got within that whole herd. I think there's a, there was about 25, 30 horses within that. Um, Oh, I was going to say Ned then it's not Ned it's um, Nimitz Nimitz is his top horse and it's the first he bought he's, he's like stacked like a rhino he's the up. alpha yeah he's the alpha and then you got Winnie who's the matriarch so they had a top two I think top three Matri- they pretty Matri- much Matri- matriarch matriarch I think it's matriarch top three stay the same what's and the matriarch then, mean it's like the female top female yeah right okay great. <clears throat> I didn't know that um, and then from four down to like seven or eight it's always changing, changes through the night. You're always fighting for your top position. But w- within that field, they've got a herd of like, because of the amount of space they got and the size of the fields, and obviously keep a certain amount of horses on one patch of land. There's, um, I think it's like 17 to 20 horses that's sometimes in this top field. So you just, there's a whole change. There's two guys, um, Cody, who's an Irish cob, who's got massive anxiety issues and so on. <laughs> so he's really good for a guy that goes up there and he's really aggressive and pushy. Because the more you're aggressive and pushy with this horse, the more the horse isn't going to do what you want him to do. You have to calm yourself down. And ah, I see. So that, yeah, that works. Right, 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 right. But then his mate, Cody, they, is like an autistic horse. So whenever there's been a breakout, and like this horse is not scared of everything else that all the other horses are scared of. Like all horses are scared of tarpaulins. He's just like, yeah, whatever. But something will happen where all the other horses are fine and he'll just bolt. Right. But he's, he undoes all the knots so he gets tied up he's, he's an escape artist basically they all they all um, rain horse <coughs> yeah rain horse <laughs> they all escaped one night and um, basically through the night they were out chasing down 17 horses because this horse Cody had undone the bolt undone the gate and they all just left um, but yeah it's, it's really good like just it's good to watch and then I've never seen a herd that size on a field that size and when they all get released or some of them come back from being held in a different area or uh, different um, stables yeah they just go off running around the field. It's mental. It's good to but watch. I've never worked with horses before, so my first interaction with that is going up there and seeing a whole herd of horses Mega, galloping around the field. I love horses. Um, yeah, it's mental. So I did that. I did a bit of um, hill walking and stuff. So, sorry, so were you up there as a, as a volunteer to help? Yeah, or you I was on volunteering. The course? Right, right, yeah. So I did the courses years ago, and I've, every time I've been going up since, I've been volunteering. Yeah. So I went up there to help just through the winter uh, and while I was there I did a bit of hill walking on the, the bad days and stuff that I couldn't really do anything uh, so I did like a couple of Munros went wild camping did some wild swimming so I went up Loch Nagar one day and it was all ice on top and then I went in the loch after Loch Mick that was uh, refreshing oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did that and then I think I was there till New Year's Day New Year's Day I went up to Kengal met some people um like through Instagram we go hill walking and that did some ice climbing first bit of ice climbing I did up one of the gullies where did you get the kit from? I ordered it in because <coughs> when I did uh, Loch Nagar with another friend um, we didn't have crampons or ice axes and it was a white out and we just kept slipping over on the sheet ice and it was yeah. just like right ordered some crampons and ice axes as soon as I got there I was like right I want to use them 
So planned a trip and I went up to Cairngorm. So New Year's Day is when I was going up Cairngorm. So I went to bed at like, I don't know, eight o'clock on New Year's Eve. And I was up at five. That was me off then. Mega. Uh, but I was dry then, of course, after the last podcast event. Oh, yeah. Where I ended up collapsing your shower and... Naked. Yeah. Well, normally you are naked in a shower. <laughs> uh, don't know about yourself. You, yeah, but you were wandering around the house before that. Oh, naked. yeah, well. Um... So yeah, I did that. Got back. I went to America for two weeks. Met a guy that was in Free Power of Us. Who's that? Bradders. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. cool. Oh. I cr- went and stayed with him for a few days. He had to go off for work. So I ended up just <coughs> bumming around, meeting people on Tinder, making friends. Because I didn't have a car. And in San Diego, where I was living in this um, suburb, I guess, there's no public transport. Trying to get out of there into town was hideous. San Diego, I yeah, yeah, but on, yeah. on the outskirts, it's like an hour drive or 40 minute drive in San Diego and then no car. So got talking to someone and they like people just come and pick me up and we just go off and do something. There was a, a friend I made out there. She deals... On Tinder? Yeah. Yeah. She deals... You sound surprised that they come and pick you up. No. When you... Okay, I sound on. surprised. Yeah. No. When you engage in someone on Tinder. Well, it's just a good way of meeting people. Brit, mate. Britain. Britain, the States. Yeah. <laughs> um... But she, she's uh, like a weed dealer. She does CBD oil. Because it's legal over there, yeah. yeah. So she does CBD oils and that. She's going to all these workshops. And she's like, oh, I'm going to this place. Do you want to come? I was like, yeah, right. So she's come pick me up. Take me on a road trip. While she goes and does her work stuff, I'm just wandering around. So I went to a place called... How did you not go and find out about the CBD and the weed and all that, no? No, I wasn't interested. Mm. And it wasn't until I went to the Caribbean I started smoking weed. Um, but... Um, not Ronda. Um, What's San Diego like, mate? Oh, I, there's loads of craft ale there, like loads, like local micro breweries and it's that. It's um, good for a non-drinker. I think the gas lamp quarter is what it is. But I went. There's a one bar I walked past. I used to just go in and sit down and just chill out. But um, if I was in town, I like it anyway. But uh, there's loads of like micro breweries in the bars, and I went walk past one. It's like an old arcade games bar. Oh you yeah. Walk in there, they got all the old arcades like Tetris and Caterpillar and all stuff like that, and so. Just walk in there and get a beer and play that. Or you, it's just like, obviously, a gridded system. You just walk around and just... I really quite liked it. Mm. Uh, but then you got um, Balboa Bel- Park. Were the f- wildfires going on when you were there? No. Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, they were after I left. Yeah, the wildfires were after I left. I got back in March, I think. Right, okay. Um, what park? Bo- Balboa Park. Balboa Park. Yeah, like Is that named Rocky after Balboa. Rocky? I don't think so. <laughs> Wrong, wrong place, isn't it? Philadelphia, isn't it? Rocky. Um, but yeah, I went there. That's a nice place to go. There's like museum and all that sort of stuff there. Uh, I think they got a zoo there as well. Never went. But and then just bouncing around. Went like when I was, when Luke was there, went to the beaches. Went down just chilling out on uh, Pacific Beach, Mission Beach, all those sort of places. Mm-hmm. Just doing tourist stuff. And then that same girl, she was going to LA. So I got a lift to LA. Walked around LA for like seven hours. And was end up walking through Beverly Hills down Sunset Boulevard. Oh yeah, down towards the pier, and we end up going full of tourists. Uh, well, Beverly Hills was, was really quite. Was it warm at that time? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, I just come from here in February to there, and it was like twenty-eight, thirty oh, right. degrees yeah. or something like that. It's hot enough for me. Um, and then in the end, I ended up getting a hire car and just driving around doing my own thing. I ended up going to a National Park Joshua Tree I wanted to go there check out some climbing bouldering and that but it's really hard for parking like you're not allowed to overnight park in the car parks there in the nature reserves how'd you get there I hired a car 
But if you're going to stay over, I mean, how do you? What do you do with your car? No, well, I was just going to sleep in the car in a car park because ah. that's what I do here. If I, or if I didn't have a tent, I didn't have a tent with me. But you can't park in the car parks. So I ended up just driving around, seeing some sites, going to different places, and then uh, went back, handed the car back in, and that was it. But I had, had a good time. But next time I go out, definitely need to sort out transport. Or what I'd love to do is buy, save up some money and buy an RV, like an old one, like I don't know, four thousand dollars or something. Oh, fix it up. <coughs> Sorry, mate. God. Fix yeah. it up, and then um, if I knew someone there, like leave the RV at their place, and then mm. it's there the next time. I just have to keep paying the insurance because oh, the insurance yeah. is different. You can't. I think you have to pay the insurance all the time in America. Like it's not like here; you can just take it off the road and not insure it. So but as you soon just as you've got low. a vehicle, you have to pay. I insurance. think so. Yeah. <laughs> you just pay lower insurance. Get away with murder out there. Get over anything out there, mate. Yeah. The it depends on states. Diff- different states, I guess. Um, but I spoke to some people that go out there and like there was uh, I think it's Waldo and his missus I think they were in Colorado they met some guy he found out he was Power Edge he's like yeah come to my place and he's like there's some horses go out on the horses there's some skidoos oh my god knock yourself out that was it I'm like yeah find someone like that how can I leave my RV on you like, yeah, right. anyway that's a sort of pipe dream thing so I did that come back and then I got asked to go to the Caribbean uh, to help this girl restore a boat so I did there is that on Tinder is that a Tinder request no, it was Instagram request. But funnily enough, three years ago we matched on Tinder. We'd like we talked for a week. She went to Australia. We never spoke again for three years. Oh. Um, but yeah, she want she wanted some help. So I, I've been I started sailing just before we did the podcast. Yeah, uh, so it's just been over a year now. And yeah, so I went out there, flew into my oh no, did four days in Paris. So I come back from. San Diego, I think I had two weeks in the UK, three weeks, and I went out to Paris for four days, and I flew from there to Martinique. We were in Martinique for a month, working on this boat. Martinique. Martinique. It's oh, Martinique, Martinique. Yeah. It's a French province um, island, which... Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like fortified, all fortified for, during the Napoleonic Wars. They were... They were um, it was a French-occupied island. Um, I think Antigua was English, and Jamaica was English. And, but... Uh, yeah, it was there. Oh, where's Martinique then? Oh, up by there. Up by Antigua and Barbados. Uh, Barbados, yeah, southeast. Yeah, right. uh, it's above Grenada. So you've got Grenada, Cariacou, Bequi, St. Lucia. And then St. Lucia was ours. I think. Yeah, I think St. Lucia was ours during the Napoleonic Wars. So what's the population like there at uh, Martinique? Is it like... What, size? No, demographics. Um, Mostly French. White French people. Well, tanned white French people. Um, but they're uh, it's French speaking uh, but yeah, there's a lot of locals in that there they, they hate uh, Napoleon there's a sta- <laughs> there's a statue there of his I can't remember his wife Ju- no I can't remember there's a statue there of his wife and Mrs Napoleon Mrs Napoleon but she's got no head on the statue and she's covered in blood because <laughs> because um, during his reign of his empire he brought back slavery. So slavery had been abolished. He brought back slavery. Ah, uh, really? What, during, yeah. So When was he in? Oh, like 1800s, wasn't it? Uh, he was defeated in 1815 at Waterloo. So he was defeated before then, got sent to um, Elba. Yeah. Oh, El- yeah, it's Elba. No, no, El- yeah. Elba's the island just off of Italy. Yeah. And he was exiled there with one unit of his um, lead... Is it Legion Guards? Sorry. Um, 
you know, sent there with one of his units. He escaped Elba and got back onto mainland France and started marching through. And one of his generals, General Ney, was sent down from Geneva or whatever to intercept him and block him. And when they got there, they just met up and combined forces and started marching <laughs> through France and gathering traction again. And then the war, well, the Battle of Waterloo was 1815. It was like September or something like that. I can't remember the exact date. Never mind, like not, not far before the Industrial Revolution was taking place. That would be still thought it was the right to have slaves. Well, we, we'd stopped <laughs> slavery. Well, I, um, I went to Portchester Castle when I was down in Portsmouth last time. And um, the history, that was a prison basically. And it held up to 8,000 8, prisoners at one point. Um, they're all French from mm. the war. And the black prisoners that were captured from the Caribbean who were fighting for the French, they were brought over to Portchester, held in the prisons, and they were just being robbed and abused by all the French people who they were fighting for. Um, so they all got put onto the, the ship. They had a load of ships there that were demasted and used as prisons because they didn't have enough space. So the conditions on there were shit, but it was for their own safety. When they got released, um, there was a, a, an officer there. He went back to the Caribbean they brought back slavery, so he then started a militia and started fighting back against the French. And he died doing that because of Napoleon. And anyway, so this statue, they hate Napoleon. Yeah. So they basically keep they kept putting a head on the, the statue and it kept getting knocked off and they keep covering it in blood because <laughs> he brought back slavery. Um, so yeah, did that and then we sailed down from Martinique through different islands, stopping at different places. After, Whose boat are you on? This chick's boat. Yeah. Um, so while working on that, uh, we had a few problems, like engine problems and things breaking because it was it needed a lot of work and some things weren't getting done how old was it? so uh, 60s I think right. 60s yeah. um, it's an old French make like an ML like catch catches it's got two masts one at the front's bigger than the one at the back and huh. but uh, it's like we were a crew of five initially then it was down to four before we left Martinique what difference does it make if the, if the one at the front's taller than the one at the back? if the one at the back's taller it's a schooner Apart from the name, how does it steer? Oh, it's, it's just power distribution, I think. But it depends on where your keel is and your, your rudder and everything else. Because if your mast is further back from your keel, it's going to push the back end around. You get more power in the back. Right, okay. And you've got more power in the front. So if normally, I think the mast, not, not a fucking boat builder, but I think the mast, your main mast is above your keel. Okay. And the keel's the fin that comes down. Yeah. So you've got central power, if you like. So your pivot point is the keel and where your mast is. Um, so the more mass you got the more sails you got the more speed you can get and you can use more wind Yeah. so a lot of boats now they're just one single mast and it's called a sloop and that's just one big sail coming it's called a what? a sloop sloop yeah not not to be confused with a slope sloop schooner and <laughs> and then what was your... uh, there, there's loads mate there's schooner catch sloop um, there's and, cutter... and a catch is the one that's got a taller mast at the front, the front and, and, yeah. and then you got um, cutter rig so I always got, wonder why these names. What these so names you got are, your right. foresail at the front, so your jib or Genoa. But yeah. if you've got a cutter rig, you got like three, a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. two or three. Um, and it's just again more sail area, or just you can have different sails wrapped up on different bits. So depend on the wind types. So, but I learned a lot there. So there was some things like just doing rigging and stuff like that, like putting in a mast and fitting in the shrouds and the stays, which are all the metal cables that go up and hold the mast in place. Never would never have been confident doing that, but the amount of times I went up the mast, I was sorting these things out with the people that were fitting the mast to the boat. I mean, confident up at height, you mean? No, well, just doing it because it's yeah. if if that fails, the whole mast is coming off. And it's going in the sea, yeah, with yeah. your sail on it and everything. And 
chances are you'll probably have to cut it off. But because I did a lot of work in the Caribbean on this boat, I was like, I'm now confident to do more. So um guy we were in with, Matt Blair, mm-hmm. he bought a yacht, I think it was last year, and it was been up in Newcastle and he had a problem with the furler, which is the basically what wraps your head sail around your forestay. Yeah. Forestay is the cable that goes from the top of the mast to the front of the boat. So he had a problem with that. It was seas, he couldn't get the sail out. So he ordered some new bits in and I went up there to help him. He's on his own. He could he had no one to help him get up and down the mast. You need two people because someone's got to winch you up the mast to get you up there. I went up there and helped him out with that. Took it down, which would have cost him like 600 quid. Just charged him. Like, he's, he's, I just asked for fuel money. Basically. Oh, he towed it down? No, I... I drove up to Newcastle and you have to lower it down you have to disconnect all the bolts oh you took the mast down yeah no right, took so the, the, the force the, 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 the mast was still in place but just put a rope in place he then took it off to the shop got a new force day made and foils the foil is like uh, an aluminium tube which the sail goes into and that's what the sail wraps around it so took that away got it back he spent however much it was on this new force day or new foil and then we fit it again. So I, and it was like, I think it was, because I drove from Colchester the one time to Newcastle, picked up some cats on the way. Oh no, that was the second time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I know the second time I drove up from um, Gosport to Newcastle in one hit, it was fucked. Oh my God. Um, but by doing that, <clears throat> he paid me, I think it was like 200 quid in fuel, saved him like 1200. Mm. So, but I, I would never have had the confidence to do that with him had I not been to the Caribbean. Yeah. Because all I'd done is sail in a boat. You do your basic maintenance, your checks and all the rest of it, but you never do that sort of maintenance yeah. stuff. So it was a massive learning curve for me, but I'm glad I did it because I'm a lot more confident in doing things now. Just, Who was teaching you it then? Teaching me. To do that when you're in the Caribbean? Uh, there's some engineers there, or like yeah. riggers and uh, fitters and that, and I was basically just watching them, working with them as much as I could. Because mm. we were basically a volunteer crew. We weren't being paid or anything. And so I was just trying to get as much from it as I could. Mm. Um, You're going to buy a boat? No, I want to buy a boat. So I want to get this place fixed up, whenever that is. Um, the money that I got left at the end, I want to be able to buy a boat. There's a marina up at Bangor. Yeah. So it's like an hour and ten minutes away. Yeah. If I can have a boat there, uh, that would be ideal, because then I can live here, and then it's like, right, I'm going to go out sailing. I want to sail around the UK. Visit every island. That's my first big trip that I want to do. I want to visit every island like in the Outer Hebrides how many are there? don't know let's we'll keep going must be hundreds mate well, I ain't going to go and stay but just like go there have a visit some of them you might not be able to get to with a sailboat yeah um, obviously if you've got a dinghy and that you can anchor off but if the anchorage <laughs> is really poor if it's all rocks and stuff you ain't got nowhere to you can't do it because if with the tide change and everything if your anchor shifts it's freezing yeah that's what blankets are for mate See, it can't be cold in my house anything that cold isn't it yeah it's summertime like Who's your man who swam around Britain? Oh, I don't know. Oh, he's on the Joe Rogan podcast. You, yeah, I've seen that. Oh, man, um, what's, his, what's his bloody name? There was a guy uh, doesn't look too dissimilar to me. He swam the length of Britain, then rode it and ran it. Oh, really? Yeah, Ryan Ice met him. He went to one of his talks. I can't remember his name. Um, was it Colin? I don't know. He's the first guy to do it. was like a Great Britain triathlon. And then the other guy, he swam around it. Um, but yeah I, I think he I, I'd assume he didn't go visiting all the Hebrides I don't know if he went around the Hebrides or just around the mainland mm. but his tongue was falling off wasn't it did you see the video of that yeah I, I, I didn't want to watch it I didn't want to watch it salt water in his tongue yeah yeah, yeah. but he, when he was stopping 
he would stop on the boat and the boat had to stay where he was. So like, they'd anchor the boat and he'd stay on the boat, but he wasn't allowed to get off the boat. He was allowed on um, a jetty. He wasn't allowed on mainland. Yeah. So he, could get onto a, he could get onto a jetty. Right. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Might so, be wrong. So they had a boat following him around. That yeah. was his, where he would stay most of the time. Yeah. But yeah, because... Um, I can't remember if I was talking to someone. Or One think... of the guys that in the podcast met him. When oh, it, oh were... that, that was Glenn Sadler. Glenn Sadler. No, I don't know. Glenn Sadler. He, he was off. He was off to do the Talisca Whiskey Challenge, and they were training. Oh yeah, that was and it. They, yeah. it was down south, and then your man. Oh, his name nearly came to me there. Uh, anyway, the guy who's swimming around Britain, he stopped off at the same night, and they were they yeah. went and had a brew with him. What's his name? Yeah, I thought it because I was meeting loads of boat people. I uh, was checking out the sheep. <laughs> Seems the cameras. Good. Remind you of your childhood. <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah, I, I, I keep meeting people with like boats and stuff, and having different stories. I was thinking it was someone I met through the charity. Um, so yeah, I did Caribbean, come back from there, landed in London, and I went straight from London to Manchester to pick up my car. And the next day, I was in a costume fitting in North Wales, and I was doing a Netflix TV series for Cold. Cursed. Kursk. 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 Yeah. That's where I met their guy, um, Richard McDonald's, is it? Oh, yeah, Richard McDonald, yeah, yeah. came for rugby, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I didn't know. I mean, he was sat at the end of the day, we were getting a costume taken off and that, and I was like, he's got a rugby for hero stuff on, I was like. Did you not remember you? him? No, I wasn't there. And, <laughs> I, and I was like, because I was in, I was coming back from the Caribbean, I was like, what were you in? He's like, oh, Marines. And I was like, all right, okay. And he didn't, we didn't, like, he didn't talk much. He basically just, because it was the end of the day, we'd been there for 15 he did hours. A typical cheesy intro. We just, what were you in? Ooh. No, <laughs> I, was just, I was like, oh, no, what See, were you in? That conversation. I was like, oh, were you in the military or something like that? And he said, oh, I was in 4 2. I was like, oh, all right, okay. Do you, um, Xparo, do you know, sessions are like Dan and that. Um, and then he just, and then he left, because, like I said, we'd been there from five in the morning. I think it was seven in the evening. And it um, wasn't until after I called Chris. And said, were you playing with this guy? And he's like, yeah. And basically, just the weekend before, he was on the piss for you lot playing rugby, yeah. and then I meet him in the middle of North Wales filming some Netflix TV so, series. For people that I'm going to clear it on about, um, there is a so one of the sponsors of the podcast is Rugby Heroes, and they organise fundraising events. And one of the events is a, a beer and gin festival. That had a rug- that the same thing. Same thing. It had a it had a rugby match between a vet a military veteran side. Uh, and it was versus the old Lemontonian RFC veterans team so um, uh, yeah and so you bumped into a guy who played in that yeah, he yeah I just thought it was a weird coincidence like <laughs> yeah, of all the places but he was playing a, <laughs> was a good day that was he was me. playing a paladin monk and they were going around killing off loads of druids in the village the like, weekend before he was playing rugby with a monk yeah oh the monk the monk was playing no, not a the, monk the, the monk. monk the monk was playing yeah he's changed he's changed a good way when he's that like, he's still as aggressive as he was. And <laughs> he's still got his temper be under control. Isn't that where Paul was going on about my brother had to keep getting propped up at the fire? Oh, yeah. He, was, he got carried out. Yeah, yeah, he's steaming. Yeah, he's steaming. Yeah, yeah. And um, we had, uh, we had, like, I think we had, we had two, we, had one or, we started off with one or two subs and then someone got injured and we had no subs. And people were enti- People haven't played rugby since they were kids. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was mega. It was mega. And uh, Gaz, uh, Gaz from... Sinitas. Yeah. He was there, mate, playing with a uh, some flipping tree hugging headband on. Tree hugging he headband. Oh, right. headband. Oh, he had a headband. Some headband. Right, okay. Was it not like you'd, a. You'd expect nothing less from him, though. A buff? Or was it just like a. Yeah, pl- it was, platoon, it was a buff and platoon, he looked buff. <laughs> platoon sweatband. 
Yeah. Oh, maybe that's what he needs to start doing. What? Well, like you used to wear a sweatband when you were in Afghan. You fucking... I didn't. I'm sure I've seen you... Yeah, in, in Uganda, in the jungle. Oh, was it? All right. Yeah. Oh, he's got ripped for it. Did I talk about your smoke grenade incident in Uganda on the last podcast? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I was... I've... Yeah, because I, I need to get another buff like for motorbiking. Just roll all of this. just gets everywhere. I was thinking maybe there's a thing for you or him for some merch. I'd sell them. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. They're not very popular, are they? They're not. You see it's loads a of niche area. Like mm. bikers, yeah. But well, not just, you don't well, see people walking down the street with you do. Well, thing walkers, on. you do. Yeah, yeah, but they're a special breed, mate. Yeah, I know. Walkers, I'm one of them. Of <laughs> <laughs> shemag. shemag. I shemag it on the bike. Do you? Yeah. Mega. Tucked on the front, mate. Good in the wind. With a helmet. I'll have to look into it. I've not been on mine for ages. Although we got that ride coming up to Arnhem. Yeah. Next month. That's going to be, long, be the longest ride I've had in. Well, I mean, my, how, how far is it going to be? I don't know, but it's I've, got, I've got to it's come like from 500, here. 500k, I think. 500 miles. Yeah, I've, I've done 400 in the past couple of years. Really? Yeah. Wait, I've done 4,000 this year. Because well, my, bike, my bike's down the bottom. Only started riding in March, down the bottom of the track, and I'm in Wales, and I've got these shit tight. Well, not shit, they're great in this weather, but the minute the roads get a little bit wet. Yeah, I know. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Um, so, I just. And with work and everything else, I can't commute to work on my bike with all the stuff that I need, like the sleeping bag and all the rest of it, um, and all the food for trucking. Because mm. if I stay out overnight, it's just I can't carry it. It's not practical. So I hardly use my bike, and because it's four hundred meters down the track from my house, yeah, I just yeah. Kind of carry all my stuff down, get changed at the bottom. It's just so unless yeah. I'm just going to go out for a dead. And before I had the dogs as well. Yeah. yeah. When I had the dogs up until. Like October last year or November um, I couldn't go out for a full day or I used to just go off and disappear go to someone's house visit someone somewhere on the bike and then come yeah. back the next day but can't do it with the dogs yeah I've been down at HR4K a few times and work from there go down early in the morning get there for opening and then work from there on it's right when, it's, right when the weather's nice when we caught in the rain twice mate absolute absolute nightmare I've got to get I'm one of them I've got one of them all over things like an all over shell suit Waterproof thing. shell suit, shell suit, yeah. <laughs> like Gary Gore Tex, yeah. Just get one of them because they fit under your seat as well, they only like that big. Listen to this. So, when I was in this, when I was in Cape Town, I was trying to line up an, a, an apartheid podcast where I was going to get a black guy on, right? And a white guy on, and um, just have a chat. Like, about the, they they were both, it was all lined up. We got you got candy and um. I think one of them got one of them got wet feet, wet feet. <laughs> one of them got cold feet, <laughs> wet feet. One of them got cold feet, and the other one, uh, I don't know what happened. Anyway, anyway, so one of the things I learned out there when I was out there recently is that, uh, so you know, over here we call people who are we we have we call people half caste. It's yeah. in between like black and white. We call them half caste, right? Yeah. And we assume like a mix of races, right? Don't we? Yeah. Is this yeah? the blue blood thing? No. no. So in South Africa, right, you got blacks, you got whites, and you got mixed race. And I know you got blacks, you got whites, and you got coloureds. Coloureds are what we would call sort of look at the mixed race, and coloureds are their own race, mate. They they're considered their own race. It's not like in between. They're considered their own own race. It's mental. 
So like it's literally what, three like, different. Not outcasts, like just. No, they're their own race. Right. You got white people, you got coloured people, so the people in the middle, sort of in complexion, yeah. and you got and you got black people. Three different, and it's been like that for eons. Yeah, apparently the origin is uh, the origin is that a lot of the people who have um, that 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 complexion, so in between complexion, is uh, they're from I think Malawi, I think Malawi or somewhere, right. and they they came in. So they, a lot of them are actually the same race. A lot, they're actually the same race, and they're like, yeah, they're all, they're all like, because they all like kind of stick together. Like, I suppose if no, like, just all, it's like, it's like you know, if, we, if no, you got no, a bunch no. of Welsh people living in England, yeah, yeah, you you live together as a community. Sure. And well, no, I'm not when I live in England, but it's the Welsh because there's less of you. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, but I don't. Another one is um, when apartheid was on. So apartheid applied to everyone. So if you weren't white, you were screwed, except if you were Asian. So the Chinese, they got treated like white people, even though they weren't white. But then the coloureds and the blacks, uh-uh, no. They got caught even speaking to coloured people, or black people, mate. You were, uh, right. police would go, crazy. Crazy. What do you think I about don't know. That? I don't know a lot about that I don't know a lot history. about it. I, don't know. I, I know that it. my nan used to keep telling me when we were kids that uh, we related to Jan Smuts. General Jan Smuts, I think he was like, he was a, was it Prime Minister or President in South Africa? I think Prime Minister. Um, so her cousin married his grandson. That's, and she's like, oh, we're related. So I'm like, oh, okay. and, but you go to London, down to Westminster, and there's a statue of him there. Really? Yeah. I don't know what I learned when I was out there. I was talking to people who were Rhodesian SAS. Yeah. They used to jump combat jumps four times a day, mate. Four times. Like, into battle four times a day. They go out, they get, they, they're jumping out the plane, yeah. They do the battle. Helicopters come pick him up. They get flown out, back in, back kit in up again, back in the plane, fly out, jumping again four times a day. Hey, what do we do a year? Well, I well, when I was leaving, it was four. Oh, no, when I was leaving, it was, it was four, four. Four practice jumps a year. No, it wasn't even that. Was it? Was it, wasn't it two? When I when I left, it was four. I think. Or maybe maybe oh, well, gone down to two. Maybe, maybe gone down to two. When did you leave? Twenty eleven. All right. When did? Oh yeah. Four jumps a oh, day. I wouldn't have been jumping. I was on crutches. Yeah. Um. Or sort of with, or before before Afghan, wasn't it like down to two because of the amount of airframes and stuff? Possibly. But the amount of blokes like we're going to going on tour with no wings and that. Oh, yeah, yeah. doing a full six months, come back, still got no wings. And you get but then you got people like I think my brother was one of them. You got <laughs> blokes coming through depot, everyone's on tour, you're like, right, might as well go do your jumps course. So you got blokes coming back off tour, done six months, they've done time in reg and they're like, I don't know, say a year. No been, wings. Been, no wings, and they get back and there's some Joe bag. In the barracks, the and they've got their wings. It's weird. Um, you could have done. You could have set up a DZ out in Afghan. You've got all the airframes out there, and just all those money in it. I guess resources. <laughs> money. Yeah. Let me check the time. Two seconds. Um, What's next on the horizon for you? Well, apart from Holland, just I'm trying to stay. When are you going to stop working? Sorry. When are you going to stop working? I don't, oh, I don't know if I know if it cons, 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 constitutes as work. Because uh, I work like seven days. But I think we're like... What do you mean you work seven days? A month. Right. So I think last week I worked two two days. <coughs> and then week before that I worked another two. And I'm doing two next week and that'll do me. That's like my money for Arnhem. But we're going to be pension and everything. I could live on my pension. But I'd be like existing. Most of my money goes on fuel. I'd say. 
because I do so much driving going around road trips and stuff. I was up in Scotland last week. I did 1,400 miles Can you get something more days. economical? Well, I need it for doing my house. We'll get a second car. Get to get a banger, but it's good on fuel. We, we would. Yeah. We might be saving I, I used to have a second car, but it's just like with the, the, the money on insurance and everything else. Like... With the second car starting up a new policy, I've got points on my licence. And it's just like a couple hundred quid for insurance for a new car. Yeah, the money you save on fuel. Right, so, I, so you were saying your wagon down there, you get, you get 31, 32 so on the motorway. Yeah. I had a Audi A4, 05 plate, mate, Audi A4. And I'd get a true tank, 60 litre tank, I'd get 700 miles to 60 litre, to 700 miles, cheesy. What's that, 50, that's that 55 to the gallon? Right. So think how much money you'd save. All you driving around, we don't need uh, driving around your flipping big thing. Mate, you, over a month, you would save the money. Well, we're going to and then, uh, even though you're paying out for a second policy. Yeah. Trust me. Oh, I can't bother. Don't bother. We saving loads of money. Well, I, I didn't think. I like I said, I had an, an Audi A3 before when I was in the reg, and I didn't feel like I was saving any money at all. And I just sold it to Phil Briggs actually, because hmm. he was after a car, but. I'm going to use this to get all the materials I need up to the house and that. And then when I've done what I need to do, I'm just going to get rid of it. I want to get a van. A van would be ideal for me. Especially what? like doing the TV extra stuff and that. What's your van for that? Somewhere to stay. Oh, to sleep like, in. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then going off camping, like so going off to Scotland and whatnot. And like, because um, I'm looking at doing a snowboard instructor's course, which I've seen on learning credits. I think it's in Canada. It's like two grand. On learning credits? Yeah. There's nothing in there I can do. They're all like, I was thought about doing an electrician's course, but it's just like a year-long diploma. But no, just so I can sign off the electro- my electrics in my house when I rebuild it. Yeah, but... But, yeah, but it's like after 10 free, I was like, fuck, I, I ain't got time to do that. Yeah. And I, what I want is like a small, like a four-week course or something like that to just go off and do. There's my ticket. Like a, I was going to do an excavator's, get my excavator's ticket so I can do just sit on diggers because that's decent money. But there was no, I couldn't see any courses that I could go and do that for, or with the learning credits. <clears throat> and then there was nothing really there that suited me. There's an ML course, so I can do mountain leader. And then I've seen this snowboarding one. If I do that, I'll go out to the Alps in the winter and just do a season out there. Just yeah, Dan, didn't Dan used to do that? Go out for a season. Dan his money. Yeah, well, I don't know if he's instructor or what. You know, he's got a bar now down south. No. Yeah, he's got his own bar, mate, down, down in... Um, last, well, last well I, I said that, he's a bar manager. Last I seen of Dan was at Matt's funeral, and he's like, oh, yeah, this is Meg, I need to keep in touch with the blokes, took a load of people's numbers, and no one's heard from him. Yeah, but it's Danny, mate, he's yeah, mental. But, but he was at, I, Luke, he, he was at like, he was at Luke's wedding. Was he? So he's, got, he's a bar manager now at a bar down in Bournemouth, so we'll have to get down there. Yeah, yeah but the thing is with him, mate, he's, he's mega, like, he's so committed to being mega at being a barman. <laughs> that's all he does he's yeah. like lives eats eat, lives eats shit he, he, he bought an, I think he bought an apartment in um, Whistler when he got out or when he was still in in Canada did he? yeah well f- from what I heard and then he was renting that out and he had somewhere to go um, I didn't know that but I just thought if I get my snowboard instructor's ticket I'll go out to France and wash dishes I don't care but when I went out to Morsey and I was camping out there and people they were staying above the calf that they were working in and they got a free lift pass so it's like 350 euros for a week. Oh no, 350 for 10 days it was. Um, you get free lift pass, you get paid. and What were they doing? Just Dishwashing. working. Yeah, well, no, just working behind a bar in a yeah. cafe or something like that. And um, they were going out and getting smashed every night, as you do with kids, and most people drink. 
but like they start to shift at two in the afternoon. And they're in bed until one because they're hanging. And we go all that morning to go snowboarding or skiing. So if I go out there, like I said, I don't care what I'm doing. If I know that I have the free pass, I just get up early doors, first lift up, go boarding for a couple of hours, come back in, do my shift, and yeah. go back out, and just make time of it. Yeah. Um, or make use of my time, rather than just lying. No, because I'm on the wagon now anyway. Rather than just lying in my bed, feeling sorry for myself, go and do something productive. Yeah, that'd be hard, mate. Um, it's not like I drank a lot anyway when I did. Well, that's but regularly, I'll say. <laughs> Um, but when I did, I just go to town and fuck myself up. Uh, but I feel more productive now. The amount of, like when I was in the Caribbean, everyone was getting up at nine in the morning and having a Norwegian breakfast. They were calling it. What's that? Vodka and orange. Oh, okay. That was it. Nine in the morning. I'd be hanging, absolutely hanging. I'm just like, I'm just like yeah. the only times I felt like shit was when I was smoking weed. Sometimes. Really? Yeah, I used to like fucking just felt a bit shit in the mornings. You having it with tobacco? Yeah, oh, that's fine. Sometimes with, sometimes without. But it's like smoking it with out here. Obviously, it's illegal, but it's fucking expensive anyway. It's legally and medicinally, isn't it? No, is it? I think I think oils. I'm not sure smoking it, is, it. I'm sure you can get it medicinally. I'm fucking sure. I, 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 I give it. I give it three years, and then it'll start getting legal. I heard on. A, I don't listen to the news anymore because it's just. I just get fucking angry. This one on my Facebook and that. Just stay clear of it. But I heard on the radio that um, some kid had his oils took off him, can- hemp oil, cannabis oil, and um, it was helping him with his CBD, ailment. CBD. Yeah. yeah, it was helping him with whatever ailment he had. When they took it off him, he was just going down. He went down like he could hardly move apparently. And they, <coughs> they allowed him to have it, so the laws changed in that way where you can have them for medicinal purposes. Because I had a friend, she had um, like rheumatoid arthritis or something like that. Basically, like her old. The joints and like all the flesh was just in agony. Like even just lying down was painful. Started taking this oil, which she had to order in from somewhere else. She was fine. She was going to the gym. She was doing all sorts of all sorts of activities. And then the distribution company she was going through, through they got stopped, and she couldn't get hold of the oil anymore. And so, yeah, people don't. I mean, it's like CBDs. I'm, I'm, I'm carding it up. It's a bit of a breeze coming through now. Me burning the shadows, mate. I thought when the sun would come out. Mate, look at that up there, mate. Mm. See that inversion? That's what I was on about yesterday. What? The, uh, the, the oh, right. peak of the mountain just sticking out of the cliff. Yeah, I mean, with the, like, the CBD oil. See, got. I mean, cannabis is made, you know, made of a bunch of different compounds, like anything is. Like fucking anything is. Like you know, sugars. I think they're called cannabinoids. There's like 16 or 17 of them. And like one's THC and THC yeah. is like a psychoactive component, and you got the other one is well, a- another one is CBD. And CBD has no, it's like no um, psycho. It's not like psychotropic, psychedelic. Doesn't do anything apart from. What well, doesn't mean do anything? I mean, you, got- it's, it, it, of, you know, in in terms of altering your mental state, but epilepsy. So it's been known. Uh, I say it's been known scientifically proven that it reduces the impacts of epilepsy. So there was a there's a uh, quite a famous case, plants, a well-known mate. case last year, eh? Plants. Yeah, plants. Last year or the year before, and there was a kid, I think it was in America. No, it wasn't America. It was a kid in in Europe, might have been France or somewhere. Might have been the UK, actually. And uh, this kid would have, on the worst days, like 120, 130 fits a day. A day, mate. Non-stop fitting all day. How many is that? Yeah, I know, mate. I know. So I... So I oh, have you worked it out? No, but... 
I stopped trying to work it out. I thought there well, must six, be some. There must be well, some exaggeration there. Uh, anyway, well, yeah, it was a fuckload of um, uh, fit today. And then when they when they started treating the child with CBD oil, when I say treating the child with CBD oil, I mean a couple of drops on the tongue. And that's it. Like a couple of drops yeah. and stuff on the tongue, and so it has. You wouldn't know you've even taken it. It like doesn't do anything. It goes yeah. on the tongue, and the the uh, epileptic fits were reduced from all that a day down to something like two or three a day. That's how big the impact was. You can even rub it on the skin, mate. Apparently, yeah. as it affects it. It's like it all sounds a bit like. I I got a friend in Plangoffen. She's from Germany. CBD oil is legal, by the way, people. Um, she was diagnosed with I think it was stomach cancer or liver cancer. Mm. Uh, while she was in Germany and she grew her own cannabis made her own oils and treated it herself no chemo nothing she treated it herself with oils mm. yeah see that's that like that mental crystal like tree hugging stuff the only thing I believe of that stuff is the CBD oil because it's, it's scientifically proven but I, I hadn't heard about the cancer, th- cancer thing I don't heard about that but, I've um, heard about it before um, but I never actually met anyone that has done it but like I said she grew her own have you not tried CBD then? no huh like, because when I was in California, it's probably the best time to get it. You can get it with you, mate. Yeah, I'm walk in the shop I've and get not, it. I've not, I've not, I'm just like, not even. I, I tried CBD oil for a few weeks when I was, I'd like, bad it. My anxiety was quite bad and shit. And I thought, oh, I'll try that. And it, it seemed to get better, but I'm not sure if it's a placebo effect. Yeah. I've got no idea. You know, I, I, yeah, I was. That's, that's amazing I think it might have been placebo or not because the problem is over here is a lot of the shops that sell CBD oil and it's quite watered down and it says in there like you buy something a, a compound and say like 5% yeah. CBD is it? Well, a lot of stuff is though like um, when I changed my diet I started buying loads of like coconut milks and oat oh. milks and stuff like that and it's got some in but it's predominantly water right so it's like it's, it's not ridiculously expensive I mean you go to the right places you get it pretty ch- relatively cheap but I was just like I was only using it for porridge and started using water because it's just watered down products. Yeah. So unless you're making it yourself and you know the quality of it, really, or you're going to somewhere else, but it's been, there's all costs there then, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, I don't know how hard it is to grow weed. Well, she, this girl, I think she said she spent 16 grand on cannabis, making her own oils. Jesus. I think, they, I think that's what she, I've, from... What she said, I think that I think that's what she said. Sixteen grand, but, a huge amount. But you think you just buy seeds and plant them in your garden? <laughs> but she, um, she doesn't have cancer. She's still alive, so yeah, it's yeah, sixteen yeah. grand worth it. It's yeah. like if you earn thirty grand a year, it's but what, was, what, what did she base that on? When, when she went right and spent sixteen grand on, her, I'm going to spend a lot. Of money I mean, on basically, this. just the amount that she spent on buying weed. I don't, I don't know if she had the facilities. No, to grow I mean uh, the decision process beforehand oh no I don't think she said right I'm going to spend this amount I think she basically just kept buying and buying and buying and using it until it solved the problem no I mean to decide that she's going to try and solve it with that as opposed to traditional methods. don't know must have read something somewhere don't know um, talk to me about conspiracy cowspiracy cowspiracy well you haven't watched it have you yeah right so it's a film well, I watched that and then there's another film I watched the other day and it's called Forks Over Knives there's two Forks over knives. Forks over knives. Right. Remind so, me cow- about Cowspiracy. Cowspiracy. On it's, Netflix, right? Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's a film made by a guy who's an environmentalist. Everyone thinks it's a so, vegan film so and it's all about... He's a band. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I was just trying to think of something to come back. I was like... Um, so, he grew up in America. He grew up on a typical American diet and he was um, 
trying to do as much as you can to save the environment so recycling all these plastics and separating the plastics from the paper and all the rest of this shit riding his bike everywhere and then he says he saw one article his friend posted which was written or posted by the UN saying that animal agriculture contributes more CO2 emissions to the environment than all transport combined so that's planes, trains, ships fucking everything Is that across the world? Yeah Okay so he started looking into it more and I can't remember all the stats but he basically started researching it going to all these different companies like uh, Greenpeace and Sierra Nevada I think is one of them and loads of other places and he's talking to them about the what they're trying to do or what they think the major cause of um, greenhouse um, greenhouse gases or like breakdown in the ozone or environmental damages and they're listing off all these um, burning fossil fuels and all the rest of it and he says what about animal agriculture they're like oh what about it or Greenpeace wouldn't even talk to him about it why is that though why wouldn't they talk to him about yeah. it well I don't know because they didn't talk to him but um, throughout the film it becomes apparent that like the agricultural industry in America this is mostly American based but the agricultural industry are funding a lot of the charities or different researches into things and then the more he goes into it the more he finds out that like I think it was when he did the film in 2012 that like up to 1400 people have been killed in Brazil for protesting or speaking out against the deforestation of the Amazon rainforest for the use of growing yeah. livestock well, there's a lot of going on about that like there was a nun oh everyone's crying about the Amazon burning down now but no one really cared about it before when it was getting cut down You, if you watch the film it talks about all the stats of how much has been cut yeah. down since what about the nun oh she got um, she got gunned down by a high gun by the cattle industry in Brazil because she was speaking out she was campaigning against deforestation she lived in the Amazon and on her way home they, oh, they no. gunned her down but if uh, what's, so, so what's the alternative to well he, like I said he was, he was going through all of these different things and talking to these different companies and he found out that with the amount of water that animals use and the land it takes to raise cattle and so on it's like a cow will drink 10 gallons of water per 100 pounds of meat so that's per day so you've got a cow that weighs 700 pounds that's uh, that's 10, 10 gallons is in the summer 5 gallons in the winter but if a cow's lactating so dairy industry they drink twice the amount of that it's all on Google no mate no it's way it's on Google look it up I lived on a farm Go, look mate, it up mate I'm telling you you have a bunch of cows in the field and they have one little trough look it up is that but are those cows in like a uh, like a battery cow farm Did you get battery cows yeah it was farm it's farm um, what's it it's not farm race come on so they're all on fucking farms um, sh- fucking on those shed race maybe he's like force fed the water maybe well not for well, what farm did you live on there was it just a normal do they weren't a, a dairy farm or anything was it no no, no. livestock cattle and sheep how many what cattle fucking everywhere mate like, see, like fucking everywhere right, okay, like, all there alright um <laughs> How many? Thousands, sir. How many? Fucking thousands of cows on the horizon. (laughs) Um, But I I looked it up, and it's like there's a university did a study, and it's just this the amount of water that cattle drink and sheep drink and pigs and all that. So I think it was on a day, on average, like on a 10 gallon per 100 pounds. So you drink between 70 and 100 litres. And then you go through the year, and it's with the amount of crops that are needed to grow and land space it's just it's all the balance of it but it's they're saying that um, the methane that's released from cattle 
is 60 or 80% more toxic or more potent than... How do you stop that, though? What do you do? Get rid of all animal, animals? Not all animals. You stop farming. Because like, the amount of demand for meat is growing with the population. We need so, it. Yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm doing fine. I've, right, now you are. You're dead by your 40. Yeah, all right. Well, I've got <laughs> more muscle mass now than I had done. My legs got bigger. Cause I've, yeah, I've started going to the gym, but... Um, Go on, conspiracy. Before yeah, we get into your anyway. stupid diet. So he was doing all of this and he's, he started talking to other people and he realised that he can't be an... Like, he can't... With the impact that the animal livestock industry has on the environment, he can't be an environmentalist and still eat meat. So he went to see other people. Yeah. Um, so one of them was a doctor who's been a doctor for 30 years. Um, a vegan for 30 years and basically... He, a doctor and a vegan. Yeah, well, I think he's been a doctor before he became a vegan. and um, But he's like, yeah, I've been, I've been a vegan for... 30 years I go running every day da, 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 and all this stuff and he's like active he's an old guy but he's still active um, and so like I said they go through a whole list of stats of pollution that's caused land mass that's used and how much land you would need like because everyone's thinking grass fed cows are the best cows best ones to eat but to farm grass fed cows you need to they need to live for longer I think for a farm a shed fed cow when you feed them grain and feed, they live for... They get to... I think it's like a year. Shed-fed, there you go. Yeah, shed-fed they, they get to like a year, and then they're slaughtered. Whereas a grass-fed one, you need to go in for like two, two and a half. So shed-fed's like a battery cow. Yeah. yeah. But that's more invo- or more environmentally friendly than grass-fed. Because it uses less land. Yeah. They're alive for less time, so they're producing less methane. They're eating less crops. But then it's less humane because they're alive for less time. Yeah. It's, it's so living conditions. But you, right? can't, you can't keep going on about... like I think it's uh, people justify eating organic food because oh, it's better for the environment and stuff like that but if you're eating organic or grass-fed cattle it's technically it's worse because of the time that they're alive and all the rest of it and the amount of water that they're drinking like i drink what an average human drinks two liters a day you think of all i think in 2015 there were nine uh, 9.5 million cattle just cattle in the world in uk okay okay and you think about how much they drink a day compared to so say they're drinking 100, 100 litres a day they're not well look at it well I'm just saying I'm just I, I not look, all of them I looked on Google and there's a couple of I've looked at a couple of different things and they're all saying the same thing dairy maybe but anyway go on I see your point go on right yeah. so they're drinking that much water and I'm drinking 2 litres a day I'm, it'll take me decades to drink the same amount of water that a cow would in a year they reckon we're going to be out of water. England's going yeah, to be well, out if you stop, water well, by 2040. So if you stop farming cattle and livestock and started eating vegetables <laughs> yeah, instead... It's not practical because you change everyone's diet. And then plus, the long-term thing is, as we've discussed before, about the different proteins you can get from meat. Yeah, but you're, just, you're just saying that because that's what you've heard. No, but well, you're just saying it because that's what you heard and read. Well, I'm, but I'm, I've been doing it for a year now. <clears throat> Mate. So everyone's saying I need protein to... Grow muscle. I've been growing muscle. Yeah, but you're like a year into it. It's yeah. not. You don't know, and everyone's different. Well, all right, but I've not. I've eaten... it's like, look at this. Look at all look right. at it another way. Look at this. Look, I'm not saying vegan diet is wrong. I'm not saying your diet's wrong. But what you say is I don't get any protein. No, I'm not saying that. I'm I don't get saying... the right proteins. Right. I am saying that the claim that you can get just the same proteins from a, a non-meat diet as you can from a meat diet is incorrect. It, because based on what do you mean? Based on what? Based on there's different proteins so, available in red meats. Right. So I'm not sure about why. Why, why, why do you need these different proteins to 
do what? do different things in the body. So we've evolved to eat meat for a purpose. Right. Yeah. There's a, there's a reason we evolved to... No. There's a reason we evolved the way we have, and a lot of it's to do with eating meat and the proteins available to us to build our brains and our hormones. Okay. What maybe? And I am completely going way. You know, there's protein in all vegetables, small yeah, amounts. There's different, they're different proteins, cheesy. Yeah, we eat different vegetables. You get different proteins. Yeah, but it doesn't, right, okay. it doesn't mean. Hang on, two sex, two sex. I stop eating meat, right? And there's, let's say, protein. I don't even know what the names of proteins are. Protein Jeff, protein Jeff, right? <laughs> is available in red meat from buffalo. Right. I don't know, right? I can eat all the vegetables I want, but if Jeff isn't available in those vegetables, where does Jeff get his protein from? No, Jeff is a protein. Oh, okay, where where does buffalo get Jeff from? Of eating of the land, which is right, grass and stuff. Right, grass. Uh, and hang on a corn minute. Corn and maize. On. Are you mad? Right, let's just think about. I'm what not you saying just said. eat grass. Let's just think about what you just said. Right, right. Let's just think about what you just said. Right. I've got a jug of milk in the car. In 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 the. Uh, I've got a jug of milk in the. Yeah. Um, Do you drink breast hang milk? Hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> I've got a. I've, there's milk in the fridge in your house yeah. right now. Right. Yeah. So, but the milk comes from the cow right. and the cow comes from the grass I can't get milk from the fucking grass cheesy no, it has to be a process yeah. so Jeff the protein I get but, from the red meat I can't go and get Jeff from the grass because there's a process to go through for the red meat to be able to produce the protein no that but was, you would if you ate vegetables the, the cow turns that <laughs> vegetable or that grain into protein yeah right but it doesn't mean you can get that protein from the ground it's like saying I can go and get coal from the mud no it's not because in a million years time yeah, because the process has to go through. But the cow's not born with protein, is it? Well, it is. It's got some amount of protein that it's got from its mother. But then it carries on eating and producing protein. It's in the meat. Are you so, telling me you can get Jeff the protein from grass? Because it, well, that I, must be the case because it's in... I've, I've not met cow. Jeff the protein. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is the cow will eat vegetables, yeah. grain, corn, fucking uh, soybeans, which is... Part of the reason why the Amazon's being cut down to plant that to feed the cow, like all the soybeans that are produced in the world, ninety percent of it goes to cattle. Um, which is an argument everyone says to me: "says Oh, fucking, you have to produce the protein, uh, soybeans to feed your fucking vegan ha- diet." Like, well, ninety percent of it goes to cattle to feed the meat industry. Um, but the cow's not born with that set amount of protein. It needs to continue to eat no, grains. No, it's born with it in it. And 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 from and what the, its and mother, what the, and what the but the mother gets the protein what, from no no but what the what the cow eats right so what the cow produces in its body right. whatever chemical whatever chemicals so you're saying a cow doesn't get any protein from its food no no you, no I didn't say that right did I I didn't even finish my sentence I'm gonna say what a cow has and produces in its body from the byproducts to the fucking excrement to the uh, the carbon dioxide it breathes out it, oh, did you know from the methane yeah. Car- carbon dioxide breathes out the methane excretes that's not all due to what it eats right right I don't like I don't sweat because of what I ate so the, the, what's contained in my sweat when I sweat is not because purely based on what I ate unless I ate loads of garlic not purely based on what I ate see my point yeah right, so, you, so to say like to say that the the cow's got protein in it because of it the, you, and it got because of the grass it ate no it's not the case how does a gorilla get to the size it gets to just by eating fucking what bamboo it's a different animal know. Yeah, I know it's a different it's a animal. Different way. But what I'm saying is that all they eat vegetables. Are they not meat eaters? No. And like an elephant. I know it's a fucking big animal, but they eat fucking stronger. Fuck rhinos. I saw I'm a not, book. I'm not saying you can't live on a vegan diet. I'm just saying I'm well, say, my, you, you get plenty well, of protein from vegetables. That's my. Anyway. I don't disagree what, with you. I don't f- disagree with watch you. Watch the film. Watch the film. You just watch it and you can, at the end of it, you go, oh, that's a load of shit. 
But then I watched another film. No, I'm not minded to it, mate. But I, I watched another film called Forks Over Knives, and it's a different. Anyway, the guy. Let's finish Casper. The guy wasn't a vegan. He was a meat eater. Ate all the fucking milk, dairy, all the rest of the shit. And they got a guy on there, and he had the biggest dairy farm in Minnesota or something. Seven thousand cattle, and he got extradited out of the dairy industry for speaking out on the Oprah Winfrey show. And they got a thing in America now, which it was talked about on the because the guy that made the film went on the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, what's his name? Oh, yeah, I listened um, to it. That's Kip, how I know about the... Yeah, Kip yeah, 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 yeah. Anderson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a Patriot Act in America now. So if you speak out, whether it's truth or not, about a... And you have an impact on an animal or a food industry, animal industry, you can get prosecuted under the Patriot Act. Yeah. And that's um, how they can keep... You know, so, they're going to film in all the places. Yeah, so this guy who did the... Da- who had this dairy farm, he spoke out and he was basically... Pros- they tried to prosecute. It cost him hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees but they tried to prosecute him for telling the truth on the Oprah Winfrey show not even a lie but now if he goes on and tells the truth he'll get prosecuted just under the Patriot straight away um, and he says in it he says you cannot be an environmentalist and still eat meat or dairy shit bust anyway so uh, during the film he then changed his diet to become a vegan and everyone's like oh it's a vegan film it's all about cows should live in the fields and all this sort of people assume to know what the film's about it's actually just about how the meat industry are influencing the health boards and stuff like that in America and then you watch another film or I watched another film called um, Forks Over Knives yep. and it talks about the impact of a western diet high meat diet dairy and stuff on the human body and it talks through evolution so like in China and Japan where you got the the oldest generation of people there who grew up eating rice and vegetables and a little bit of meat with their food. They'll have a little bit of meat in the middle and they have all the vegetables and they'll have... It's one-thirds, two-thirds this every year, isn't it? Should like a third meat and then two-thirds veg, green veg. Well, well, from these studies, it was less meat, more veg, more rice. But as generation, as it goes down a generation, more food's introduced, like, and then you get to generation now and it's all fast food and stuff. I'm not saying it's all fast food, but they're eating a lot more meat. And because they're eating a lot more meat, heart disease has gone up, um, diabetes has gone up, and... Various of that's, not, that's not just down to, di- to, to the watch the diet. film. Watch, no, I'm just saying no, it's not just down to that. Based on your studies, no, but I'll, I'll, right, I'm, 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 I'm just going to say it's also sorry. It's also down to things like the advancement of technology. People sitting in front of TVs. People being less active. People being more depressed. People being uh, well, yeah, main ones for main, diabetes main ones. and heart disease. Yeah, mate, you gotta gotta be active. Right, right well, diabetes is a big thing on sugar as well. But go on, continue. So, oh, just start me on diabetes. Right, so, um, <laughs> well, we got the diabetes in a minute. Oh, you know, no, you I, you are more well read in this stuff than me. I completely agree um, but I also think you go down. A so we had there were three there were three people on there that have been. One was the narrator of the film. He went in and he started. The doctor's like, right, I want to put you on a plant based diet, yeah. basically whole food plant based, because you can be a vegan and still eat shit. You can eat loads of fucking cakes and I think Oreos are vegan and people are like, oh yeah I'm vegan I'm healthy and they fucking eat loads of fucking sugar and shit basically and they're just still fat um, but this there was three people on there there was one guy who's he had diabetes he was taking nine types of pills nine different pills a day and injecting himself twice a day and it was costing him I think it was like eight hundred and fifty dollars a month or maybe it was more maybe like a lot more than that I can't remember the exact numbers and there was a woman on there, she, like, she was massively overweight, she had diabetes, and the cholesterol was really high, and basically there's the, one doctor, I think it was one doctor was working with the woman, 
and there was a different doctor working with the two guys like basically sorting their diet out and stuff like that mm-hmm. and by eating a whole food plant-based diet over 22 weeks i think for the guy that was taking nine pills a time it reversed his diabetes he's no longer on any pills injections he's lost weight and it's, it's he had 27 different ailments that were bothering him out of the 27 26 had gone um, and then the woman, she lost weight, her diabetes is reversed. She went to her doctor who was prescribing the drugs. And she went, yeah, your diabetes is gone, da 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 she went, she went, do I still need to take the drugs? She went, oh yeah, you still need to take your drugs. And she went, is this doctor trying to get you off the drugs? And she said, well, yeah, I hope so. And basically, her diabetes are gone, and the whole reason she was taking the drugs was because of her diabetes. And the whole diet change over, that was 21 weeks, I think it was. I mean, those things, are, reversed it. Those things are an extremist, mate. And the thing is... No, I'm, the... I'm just saying, that these were the studies during the production of the film. The film wasn't about these three. It was about the whole history of these no, two yeah. doctors. One of the problems of veganism, as well, like like now, is, 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 is a similar thing to, um, like, fucking sugar crap. There's a, it's a massive industry behind it. And you're getting as much bullshit within the oh, yeah, but, as anything else. I mean, I mean, there's, people do it for different reasons. Look, some people go vegan because for the animal welfare, like because of the way animals are farmed and so on. Some people do it for the environment. Some people do it for health. I did it for health, and now it's gone to environment as well because of hearing people complain that, like, when I go sailing, there's people pulling plastics out of the sea. Yeah, but then they're, they're well what's the point in pulling the plastic they're, they're pulling the plastics out to save the sea but then quite happy to continue fishing and eating the fish like um when so like there's uh I mean it's got a species depletion not species depletion but like say you cods have been overfished oh we've overfished cod let's go and fish mackerel now and they keep fishing that until that's been overfished and they switch to another species so you had um, it James. The cod to come back, it? Sorry, it allows the cod to come. Back. Yeah, but if you just didn't eat fish, then it wouldn't be a problem. But you're like, talking about uh, James Glancy was on here talking about the f- the fishing industry, and the impact on the sharks. Yeah. So with all the bycatch and everything, the more the way I've been thinking of it, the more fish you take out of the sea, that's the food for all the predators. So the sharks and the barracudas and all the rest of it. If you take away their food sources, not only are they being fished or caught in the bycatch nets by us and being killed that way their food sources are also being depleted. And by watching these films, it's been proved, well, I believe that you can get all the proteins you need from the foods that I'm eating, or whole-based plant foods, so you don't need to eat um, fish or meat. What about places that don't have availability of, of plant-based diff- foods? Like, well, I say that's different. That's just, you live in a fucking shit. Like, uh, is it Iceland? Every year, they... they heard in these schools of pilot whales and they slaughter them in the bays everyone's like oh my god this is terrible I'm like well that's their food source but the people get all upset about people killing whales because it's an majestic animal but basically it's like a cow to them because if they can't grow any crops and they can't grow any cattle that is their f- main food source but it's, it's not saying it's fucking right but i'm saying like in um, the island of Bequi, there's st- the one island in the caribbean they're still allowed to hunt whales so we just arrived and they caught three whales. Mm. They have to do it by rowboat. So they row out, harpoon the whale, bring it in. And, <laughs> fucking hell. and uh, so everyone's like, oh, I, how can they kill such a graceful animal? I'm like, well, it's fucking meat to them. It's a cow. They ain't fucking grow no cattle on here. If they are, it's not, it's like one or two per family, mm. if you can get one. So it's just, a, it's, it's, so their people's argument for that was, oh yeah, well, there's loads of cows. So if there are less cows or cows are endangered, then it would be wrong to kill cows. And like, oh yeah, basically. Yeah, but that's right. That's the right way to look at it. It's a different... Well, the, the statistics change, mate. Right. But I'm saying... But you could grow... So you've got a cow and you're, it's grazing on grass or plants or whatever and you're giving it feed. Like, you, you've had horses. How much how much food do you have to buy for a horse? 
pay and fucking animal food. It's yeah. So you, you have to still buy that for a cattle, for cattle potentially, if they haven't got enough grass to graze on. Mm-hmm. So it's all just impacts, but you need to grow that vegetable somewhere else. That grain, that corn that could be grown, that is grown for cattle, could be grown for people and fed to people. Yeah, they don't feed, yeah, they don't eat corn, are they? No, I'm just saying, but it's the land use I as see well. What you're saying. So you can grow something else. You can grow fucking cabbages, potatoes, fucking anything. But, like, uh, um, so, but you need, but a cow will eat fucking shit ton more than I will eat. So the amount of space that's used to grow the crops to feed one cow could feed like fucking a hundred of me. Or more. I don't like, like the numbers are on the film. I don't know the yeah, exact yeah. numbers. So how do you, how do you, how do we? If that's the right way to go about it, and go vegan. How do you move the society towards that in a, in a way? It's changing. Like everyone's saying, oh, you, you can't do it because it's changing people's habits. People are. What I've noticed recently, because I'm just moaning about everything, um, is people are quite happy to complain about something and complain about changing something like so all the plastics in the sea I'll start moaning about plastic straws in the sea like it's the biggest problem in the sea but with animal agriculture there's loads of waste that goes into the water system that goes out to the sea and creates water dead zones because the, the bacteria in the animal waste kills all the oxygen and whatnot in the area but they're quite happy to complain about the plastic straws but as soon as you tell them they have to change something else that's going to save that's better for the environment but it's going to affect them they're not really interested it's human nature yeah because it affects them <laughs> So, like, everyone's crying, like I said about the Amazon rainforest now, I keep seeing it on Instagram, everyone's saying, oh, the Amazon's been on fire for two weeks or fucking 20 days, no one, no one's saying anything about it, but it's been being ripped down for animal agriculture anyway, for fucking decades, no one, no one said anything then, it's only now that it's on fire that everyone's sort of complaining, but who started the fires? Hmm. It's perspective, isn't it, I guess. Uh-huh. So anyway, you watch this film, uh, Forks Over Knives, and it talks about the impact of human, of... The, our diet on the human body and yeah it's just there's loads of stats in there and proof and they basically they stood a lot of stuff in um, Japan and China and it's, then it's based in the US the diets over there and how they eat and the effects it had like um, I think like the rise of heart disease oh no not rise of heart disease. yeah rise of heart disease in China and Japan has gone up but in America, you've got all these different drugs for dealing with heart disease, diabetes, and all the rest of it, and it's still rising. But then you know, I suppose you've got all the, the pharmaceutical companies as well there, and current, maybe they're all in together. Oh, fuck, I don't know. Because obviously, mm. they don't make money by people getting healthy. So, yeah, that's that. Anyway, so I've changed my diet. I feel a lot better. I go to the gym. I don't feel fucking tired. I don't have... I eat a fucking shitload of food, and I don't like... I'll have one big meal. I don't feel stuffed. I don't feel lethargic. I can go to the gym after. I do that. I did it by cutting out carbs as much yeah. as I can and intermittent fasting. But when I used to eat loads of meat, I'd eat one. I was fucking in a coma. I did the I did the I did the um, carnival there for a bit. Did I you? Oh, a bit. I did it like six months. Jordan Peterson. Yeah, I did it for. Uh, I did. Um, well, it was just, well, just meat, well, meat, meat and fish. Did you I, I, to... didn't, I didn't. I wasn't looking for. I'll, I'll tell you about it. I wasn't looking for a diet. I can't remember. What, I was just trying to eat healthier because you get older and you think. Oh, okay. oh mate. And I was, um, it was more or less through. I was doing different things. Not doing different things. Listen, different things. Oh, 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 sorry, mate. Yoga and stretching. Eh? Yeah. Um, um, I try and stretch every morning or every night or throughout the day as well. I've got guys I work with around here, and they're like fifty going on 60 and they're fucking hunched over shuffling along I go down to Flangoslin it's like where people go to die 
They're just, <laughs> they're just in bits. But you see, but you see old older people that do yoga. Like I used to go to uh, an old lady's class with my sister to do yoga. They're just they're fine. They're going in there. They're doing the stretching and everything because the more supple you are. The, the better condition your body's going to be. I got a, there was a guy through the sailing charity. He broke his X two nine commando, uh, the real commando unit, and uh, <laughs> that's that's what they'll tell you. Um, he broke his back. I've had some. I'm from two nine. Who've I known? Was it Johnny Mercer? Johnny Mercer. Johnny Mercer. The real commandos. Yeah. <laughs> Because he turned up on this boat because there, there was the guy who was teaching me to sail. He's 4'2". I think he's 4'2". And this guy turns up and he puts his towel on the um, on the, the boom and it's like uh, army commando. And he just looked... Oh, the, Dan looked at me and I looked at him and I was like... Oh, uh, but... Because uh, that's an all-arms... That's all they do is all-arms commando. Yeah. Like for me, like everyone goes on about, oh, I've done P Company. P Company wasn't the hardest thing for me. It was the beat-up beforehand because they're just trying to fucking break you. <laughs> Like absolute, and we were. I was seventeen then as well, because we come through Harrogate. They were like, "Oh, you're fucking soft as shit." So they smashed us. I got Dickie Anderson. Walk through the doors. <laughs> Welcome to Depot, Joe. Press up position down. I got fucking thrashed before I even got through the, the fucking well, yeah. door. Because yeah. I was there in um, would have been like September two thousand and one. No, two thousand. Yeah, two thousand and one. So I went there. So I, got, I got so to, I went there the year before you. Yeah, right? you, you same must, time. Same you must time. have been the intake yeah. before me. Then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, two before you. So if you had Dickie Anderson. 660. Oh, so 667, I think. Oh, no, so four. Yeah, because millions of intakes, mate. Yeah, I know, but I think. was. So we had Mark Broadbent, Steve Q was our screw, and then I was his Steve Q's first pursuit. And then uh, Dickie Anderson, we was his last one. And then okay. uh, Jim O'Donnell was our platoon sergeant. Little Scottish Short Jim. Scott, yeah. Tall Sc- Short, Short Scottish, Scottish Jim, yeah. 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 Hercules yeah. tattooed on his back. Did he? I mean, yeah, I'm sure he had a hurt, massive like Herc tattooed on his back. Um, yeah, but yeah, got to depot. Welcome to depot. Press the position down. Yeah. How did I get into that? Um, oh, commando course. Oh yeah, yeah, and like, so how did I get to? Oh yeah, because this guy broke his back. Yeah, and uh, he was, I was looking at him. He was having a fag, and he's fucking hunched over. His back's fucked. He went, "Oh, I've got to go chiropractor. My back's killing me." And I was like. If you started doing like yoga and Pilates and built up your core muscles to support your body, because at the minute it's your spine is taking, and your back's fucked anyway, so your spine's taking all the weight and you're hunched over like this and you're fucking in shit state. (laughs) So, I mean, if you go and do Pilates, yoga and start improving your core strength and start losing some weight as well, you're going to take that pressure and weight off your spine. He's like, oh... Never, and he went and spoke to his chiropractor and he said, oh, someone's recommend I'll start doing Pilates and yoga. He says, yeah, if you start doing that, I'll never have to see you again. And he's like, and as much as we talked about it, he never did it, but it just makes sense. But for me now, I'm 35 now and I, with the problems with my legs, I don't know at what point that's going to impact me where I can't do anything. So I'm just trying to condition my body as best as I can now to, to last <coughs> Well, a big longer. thing, uh, one of the big stats I saw, I... I I heard or read or mate these days it's hard to remember where you get any information from isn't it mm. like, like fucking hell but um, it's about uh, the cause of mortality when you get older and we're talking about care homes and getting admitted to a care home and so I get admitted to a care basically people who get admitted to a care home they're like dead within six or seven months or eight months and if they get moved between care homes it's dead within like 
two months of moving care homes, but saying the whole point, you, you only end up going, most of the time you end up going to a care home because you can't care for yourself. When they say you can't care for yourself, it basically means you can't get out of a chair, you can't, you, you know, you can't get yourself out of a chair, you can't move about between your furniture yeah. and your house freely without assistance. And a massive one was, um, basically tied in with that is not being able to get yourself up after you fall over. Right. Right. And then, and then you pull up back. How do you okay. test that? Push them over and yeah, no, it's it's all to do with so a massive weight to keep yourself from going to care home and therefore live longer is um, being able to stop yourself tripping over. So walking, walking, running, well walking mainly. Go out walking because if you trip it. over your legs, you keep walking. I oh, know you keep walking to the right. You trip over you. Your my my these guys. You see these guys walking around right, here like fucking right. hundred years old. How old, how old do you think he is? Oh, Paul Daniels. Um, there's a guy who walks around here with two dogs every day, twice a day, for like an hour. And doesn't stop fucking talking either. Uh, <laughs> is uh, I'd say, well, I know when he, I know when he retired. Right. How long ago he retired? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, he's like seventy-five, seventy-six. He doesn't. He doesn't. Seventy-six, look it. and I, he's one of the most. He's, but there's a guy. There's a guy that lives just down from me. He was in the Alps climbing last year. He's like sixty. <laughs> Mate, those guys. Are, they'll, they'll, if they don't live forever, right? They won't. They won't live out their dying years in a fucking care home. No. They'll be out active. They'll be in. Mate, he's he's it. Well, I'm not saying it's towards the end of his life, but he's still in his house. He's still oh, active. Okay. He's still getting around. Yeah, cutting about, mate. Um, that's it. It's just being active yeah. and like even just walking. Just walk. Yeah. Even just walking. It's like uh, when was I saying it? I think it was on the last podcast. I can't it was on the last podcast? No, it wasn't. Do what? Just going out and doing ten minutes in the morning? No, no. I was just saying like you know, you, it's like you, um. Setting goals, achieve your goals, and pick. I'm I'm a I'm a victim sometimes. I think <clears throat> I want to go like fitness wise. I'm going to do this. And think. I, you set yourself a, fitness wise. I'm talking. I set myself a goal. It's fucking so far ahead of what I'm capable of now because my fitness is not yeah. what I was before. You don't even bother trying to start it. You don't. Even, just it's like a pipe dream. So it's like you get people on a, you know, you get someone sat on a couch, like a couch potato, or someone who's all like a. Ex-military guy or girl who's got out and just fucking the fitness gone down the pan, and when they were in, you go and smash out an eight miler, ten miler, you know, bloody 60, 70 press ups in a minute or whatever yeah. you used to do. And now they sat on the couch and like, mate, no one did and, 60, and, and, 70 press ups in a BFT. <laughs> they do thirty. <laughs> How many do you have to do for a green pass? Yeah, thirty. One the point is, so right. they so sitting on the couch, thinking, fuck, man, I've got to get out and get back in and be able to do an eight miler. No, no, your task should be is if. It should be just more than what you normally do in the day. So if you're normally doing just walk into the shop to get your fucking beers or whatever, no, go out and you're going to go for a 10-minute walk. So that's it, 10-minute walk. And then, or if you're going to go, i to start running, I'm going to run, I'm going to run half out. No, go out, say I'm going to go out for half an hour, I'm going to run as much as I can, and in between I'm going to walk. But I'm going to be out for half an hour. And if I, end up wa- if I end up walking for 25 minutes in a half hour, I've ran for five, you've still done something you've not done yeah. for years. It's an achievement. What? And the next time, you're going to set your goal higher. Well, I'm going to try and run for 10 minutes this time. There's a guy Natural, who works with me, feel mega. got out of the army, I think he did his 22, and he lives in, down in Clan. And he's like, oh yeah, I've, I've got fat now, so I'm trying to get out and run with weight. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm only doing four miles. I said, like, well, why don't you just do some it? Like, because he's recovering from a knee injury. I was like, what are you doing, like, non-impact stuff? And he's like, what do you mean? So just, just go on a bike. Do some CV. You're still burning fat. You're still getting fit. Your CV's getting better. You're just not smashing your knees in all the time. I yeah. hate running. Because mm. well, my knees are fucked now anyway. I can't run anyway. But even when I was in, I still suffer with knee problems. And um, if I'd known about it, or if I'd thought about it, then I'd just done a lot less impact stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah. it's the worst for you. Especially tabbing with weight. 
fucking fucks your right up. Um, but yeah, just non-impact. So cross trainer, cycling, or you like walking's fine, but just don't go fucking running with however much weight you have on your back. Like you said, yeah, small just, goals. But I was trying to say to this guy, just, just go out walking, go go on a bike, do something else. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so keep fit, live longer. I'll say set your goals, but sort of within your means. Yeah, make them realistic. Yeah. You get fitness side, make them realistic. Because it's more, it's just set your goal a little bit less. Set your goal to something that's realistic. Even even when you're starting off, even so it's, you know, it's easy to achieve. Yeah, I can fucking, I can go out and walk for 20 minutes. I've walked the shop five minutes. Well, yeah, but go on. Because you, it's something you wouldn't normally do. You're exerting yourself and you wouldn't normally do. Yeah. I'm talking about fat facts now. Good, go on do it. Realistic, set it, because... It may seem a bit shit, but at the end of it, you've gone, you've achieved, you get that good feeling in your body, and the next day you're more likely to go out and do something. Well, you feel you're capable of more, and you set targets higher, you, and next thing you're doing a 10 Did you um, hear about that advertisement, I think it was last year, where what's the second biggest cause of cancer? Begins with an O, and ends in Oral what? sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obesity. Right. And like loads of fat people have like complaining about it saying oh we're being fat shamed that's ah, bullshit this, mate fat right? shaming bu- but, fat shaming is bullshit no but for this particular advert I went, oh, but it's like it's a scientific research that obesity causes is the second biggest cause of cancer in the UK and they're all moaning about it so what you take it down so you can just carry on going the way you're going and it just gets me I've got a mate who works in um, she does a fertility clinic once a week and she's a gynecologist surgeon and all the rest of it but she's she's does these clinics with people and they're coming in and oh, I can't get pregnant we want kids and they're looking for IVF like well you need to lose weight first majority of people that are going in there are overweight yeah and so like but there's there's the cost of IVF as well but if you just go and lose weight naturally your sperm will become stronger you become more fertile and you can naturally have children if that's what you want I don't think IVF should be a thing in this country because okay. it, it costs the NHS so much money anyway everyone's like saying about how we need more money going to the NHS if, in my mind, I, I think there should be something less... controversial coming here. Come on, yeah, I Come think on. there should be less people on the planet, right? You so, when so I spoke are... to when I spoke to you last time, you were like, "No, we need to breed for uh, survival of the species." Can, but continue. Hang on a minute, I have to go back and listen. No, to no, you, no, I, it wasn't on the podcast. It was like ah, in the yeah, in the but pod- I didn't mean like breed like bunny rabbits, mate. Well, that's what Earth. we're doing. Yeah, I what agree. we are now nine billion. I agree, but we can't not breed. Yeah, so you go to like one or two you children per family. You can control the breeding. Yeah. yeah right. But then everyone's like, oh, you're a fucking fascist, you're like Hitler. Well, no. If we carry on breeding the way we're going, there will be no resources left. To, like, with the demand on meat, you need to keep fucking cutting more fucking forests down and everything to breed to far more meat and everything else. If you start cutting the population down, like, what was it? Fucking 1800s? It was like two or one billion or something like that. And in 200 years, it's gone to nine. Well, if you went down, if you went down to fucking two million people on the planet, you could carry on eating all the fucking beef you want. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but, but, all yeah, but then, but then, cheesy, you'd have the same, you'd have the same problem in your head that you have now. Thousands of years later, you'd have meat eating humans. You go vegan, can't eat beef. Well, the vegan said back in the day that we should have two million people, and you can have all the beef you want. What do you mean to have the same? What as in the population will grow? Yeah. No, if you control, if you got to a sustainable level and you controlled it, like everyone's saying, "Oh, well, China tried it, but it didn't work." The reason it didn't work in China is because they killed off all the kids, the, well, the girls anyway. <laughs> stick them down the sewer. Oh, fuck, I don't want that one. I want a boy. So yeah, now they got like, who, who was it? People who, don't know about that. People was it? don't know. Who was it? That. Was talking about it? Was, it was I feel was it Rick Cole? I don't know. Someone was talking about population of the world, and 
Um, yeah, but Chinese kill. It's the first one was a girl. Let me just. It's just a, yeah. It's well, a religion, so it, just explain it for people who right, don't know so, what I'm about. Oh, when was it? It's like when we were kids. So early two thousands, or maybe in the nineties. It's not long not, stopped, mate. Only the last few years they've stopped the no, one child policy. No, no. It's like yes. ten years ago they stopped it. No, because no, they've stopped it long because they've got a generational problem now. Whereas these boys that were born, right? Anyway, so China's setting a policy where you could only have one kid per family. Yeah. So. Because a uh, boy is more valuable in China and it's like more likely to get a better job, you bring more money into the house, they wanted a boy. So if they had a girl born, they'd be like, don't want that, fucking okay. see ya. Some okay. people would keep, keep the girl, but others, there was, I've read stories about a like, fire service cutting a pipe out and there's a fucking baby girl stuck in a pipe because someone shoved their baby down the fucking pipe because they don't want, want it. Because they want a boy. And so now they've got a generational problem where they're all men. There are very few females there, and they're like, "Oh well, it didn't work for China." Well, it fucking did. Could you could you imagine how big China would be now if they didn't introduce that one child per family policy? Mm. Then, for what was it 10, 15 years? Fucking, ex- well, they'd be outgrowing themselves anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, but there's a way of doing it and doing it wisely. Like, it wouldn't be a problem in this you can't, culture. You, you, you can't do it. Though. This is but why. Because, how many people no, have got in this? No, 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 this is why because people's brains, mate, they don't work. They yeah, because oh, they don't look long term. Look yeah, short-term. they're short term. Yeah. And, and it's why should I? Why should my generation suffer? Why should my family suffer when all the previous ones couldn't? Why could? So uh, go. I'm not. So, I'm, right, I agree. Right, with you. right. So world population. There's already enough people as it is. So there's no need for IVF if you can't naturally breed children then maybe that's nature's way of saying you're not meant to have but kids but in this day and age everyone should have equal, equal fucking rights nah, mate. Fuck equal you. <laughs> right if you can't naturally breed kids then that's unfortunate right there are hundreds of thousands of children out there that need adopting go and adopt a child that'll solve the hope that'll solve the adoption problem and then it's like you don't but if you really want your own kid go lose some weight I'm saying yeah, if you are, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, right. Let's not assume that everyone can't. No, 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 no. But I'm fat, just saying it's. Right. But you could still eat a load of shit. You can you, you can eat the right things that will help produce healthy sperm. In cases, not all cases. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. Just, but right. some if, if you are just, I see what you're saying. If you, I agree with you. Actually. If you just I, naturally yeah, cannot breed, you. then that is unfortunate. I agree. Adopt. A Go child. and adopt a child. That people are like, oh no, but I want my own. I fucking hate my dad, right? And I am living proof that just because someone is your own DNA doesn't mean that they're going to love you and be loyal to you. People buy dogs. A dog is fucking loyal to you. You're not genetically that fucking dog's parent. And a dog will... F- if you look after a dog and bring it up in the right way, a fucking child is the same... Well, in my mind, because I'm just black and white, a, tr- a child will be the same thing. If you look after that kid as they're growing up and they see you as their carer or parent, what's it matter if they're your blood or not? So that's the IVF. Plus, with IVF, they after implant free embryos so you if you so you get free embryos and all three can take which happened with my uncle and auntie they had triplets they only right. wanted one kid but the doctor that they went to he's so good his success rate was like 100% they went we only want you to put one embryo in us so I have to put in three so they end up with triplets <laughs> fucking hell and you have to have those three kids yeah so they ended up with triplets instead of one kid um so I said this to me, mommy. Mom's like, "No, your cousins are IVF children. You say they shouldn't be alive." I was like, "Well, no, but like from now, if you just stopped IVF treatment, it's going to save the NHS a shitload of money because people get three attempts on the NHS and it costs like three or four thousands, okay. maybe more, yeah. plus the consultancy and everything else. If you stop that, then there's all that extra money going to other places yeah. that 
other resources in the NHS that need it. Um, same with the diabetes thing. If you start treating diabetes through health and habit rather than drugs, you get more money going towards that. I agree, 100%. Um, and so then will population, that's going to, well, not to name that's naturally going to decrease, but then if you start saying that, if you did it a policy where every family could have two kids, you're just going to replace yourself technically. But if you did it, every family had one per, one kids per family, then the population would start to reduce. And there's people like, oh, well, how are you going to control it? I was like, well, fucking guy gets a vasectomy. Shit bust. Because they're like, oh, well, what if he breaks up and he meets another woman and he wants another kid? Well, that's tough shit. He's already got one kid. Just dedicate your time to that one. Instead of having, like, seven or eight. Words of wisdom. We start wrapping that up. That, that's why I'm getting a vasectomy. <laughs> um, <coughs> How long's that? We're on an hour and a half. Hour and a half. Anything else? No. Good, no. no. mate. Your pleasure as always. Loving it. Look Such at it. Stupid fucking vegans. Can you see me? <laughs> <laughs>
Remember, it's on YouTube as well. It's on uh, as well. It's on uh, audio and whatever you listen to it on. And um, yeah, catch you next time. Out.